Hello, designers. Welcome to our podcast in the fashion district. And I'm Anna Livermore, owner of Vimora. And if you don't know, we help launch fashion designers, everything from start to finish. We'll help you with patterns and samples, sourcing, manufacturing, branding, photo shoots, whatever you need. And you can contact me for a complimentary 20-minute strategy session at Anna, A-N-N-A, at vmora.com. All right, so today's guest is Laura. Laura, thank you for coming today. Oh, you're welcome. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Laura Dottolo. I'm the founder of the Clutchmade Factory. We are at clutchmade.com. You can find us. We um, specialize in manufacturing services as well as having a factory built in here in the fashion district in New York City. Um, So that's what we do. Awesome. And I brought Laura here today just because, you know, there's this huge push for domestic made and people working with factories in the U.S. And it doesn't seem to be that people don't understand what that means um, Mm -hmm. in regards to the price and their competitors and the timelines. So we we just took the time today so that we could talk about that and educate people a little bit about, yes, everyone wants sustainable, they want made in the U.S., but what does that really mean to your bottom line? And how can you educate your customers around why they're paying that price? So I put together some points today, um, but why do you feel in the past couple months, Made in the USA has become increasingly important to customers? Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think it has a lot to do with the changing climate out there with COVID. Um, People have had time to think about how this health problem and crisis around the world has really affected manufacturing and goods and supplies, how it's affected retail. I think people are more aware now of how they infect, affect the environment and how the goods they purchase yeah. affect the environment. So it seems like everyone's a little bit more aware of that. Then all of a sudden it feels like a lot of people just woke up and said, hey, whoa, <laughs> I'm buying so much from China. Where's the American-made yeah. stuff? Yeah, I think like with just like how shipping changed and the reason shipping changes because everything was coming from offshore and people are like what is happening and like everything is from so many goods are from offshore and to do things domestically we don't have to wait for them to ship um but is there anything to people also were concerned with the virus coming from china like it being actually on the goods oh i, mean, I think so i think yeah. people were a little bit afraid or weary right. that this is going to transmit to them in yeah. some way, which I'm not quite sure. I, I mean, know. I'm not a scientist, but yeah. um, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Yeah. Really. yeah, yeah. I just feel like there was such a push. Everyone wants things from the U.S. And we've been seeing that for for how long now? Oh, I feel like it's kind of like it set its seed maybe about. 15, 10, 15 years ago, and then it's slowly been rising and building up. Yeah. Um, it's been a, it baby steps. Yeah. Definitely baby steps. Um, there's a lot of calls we get ourselves from um, small brands, mid sized brands who are actually making offshore and they want to start comparing prices and see what's going on in the US. So we've been getting a lot of those calls for like the last 10 years, yeah. like a price comparison on manufacturing. And what does that look like for a price comparison? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really scary thing. Yeah. Um, the numbers are just so different. I mean, we've seen numbers for um, actually 
very well made detailed bags coming you know from Asia that price out at like $20 a piece mm-hmm. all materials and hardware included even nameplates and logos etc uh, etc and then you turn around and try to develop that in the United States and just the development costs alone right. like exceed their first order of those yeah. um, because we do have to develop things and then it takes a little bit longer and then labor prices so much more so a $20 bag that you're buying at cost overseas can cost you almost like 120 to 150 dollars here so it's a big difference yeah and i think that the designers are wanting to do things domestically but the customer's not quite there yet with that price point very true but i feel like if we continue to educate the customer around where the product comes from why you're paying more for the product that it's made in the US and that it costs more. It just bottom line it costs more to make things here because we pay we've got higher labor costs than offshore. No, exactly. I think definitely Anna it's a conversation that people need to have more and more. It's a discussion. I think what's happened in this country is that we've all as consumers become addicted to cheap goods. Yeah. I think we love quantity. I think we love cheap price points. I think um, we just want more and more. And we think that it's normal to pay, you know, X amount of dollars that's very low for certain goods. And that's acceptable. But I think that's what, you know, purchasing so many goods from overseas has done to us. Yeah. But I definitely see this push for being more minimalist, you know, having less goods, especially in New York, at least. I don't have the space. Mm -hmm. Um, But having a higher quality good and less of them. Um, No, I think so. I think it's like an old European way, too. I just think it's an old made in USA way. Uh, It comes from years ago. I think people are understanding, especially the younger generation, I'm finding, they understand that you don't need so much stuff. It's just nice to have the one or two things that are just really nicely made and last. Right. And that's all you need. You don't need a bunch of stuff sitting in the garage that you need to clean out. You become a slave of your own goods, yeah. really, is what happens. Yeah, definitely. So what we need to do is is educate the customer about having less goods at a higher quality that are made domestically over a bunch of inexpensive stuff that they got offshore that might probably won't last half as long as the the goods that are high quality. Exactly. And I keep wondering, like, how do we do this? And it's been a slow process. I mean, I talk about it all the time with my customers and anyone who comes to me. I try to do things like our conversation (laughs) now, have that and broadcast it, and just start the discussion so people can share as well and talk about, like, what do they feel is the price they want to pay? Do they really need that good? Do they really want to take responsibility for that product and actually see it from where they purchase it until when they let it go does it become pollution does it just go in the garbage are people responsible enough to say you know I owned that now I'm putting it in the ground right Uh, I think that's super important yeah the post-consumer recycling is is uh, growing now too where people are trying to use those goods because the same thing all of this ends up in a landfill the clothing the bags the shoes the plastics Uh, all of it's just going it's not like it disappears exactly i was just reading today about how that's the problem now with retail is they have this huge inventory right. now of apparel that's just yeah. sitting around and they're not quite sure what to do with all of this and then i'm afraid it's going to drown us all out yeah. where does it go because that consumer habits now have you know shift 
drastically. A lot of that has to do with consumer spending and not making as much. But I think people are learning from this new habit yeah. of not spending. And I, I don't think people really minded so much. You are <laughs> I know. The truth. I know. I was out of town for three months. I left New York and I came home and I was like, what is all this stuff? I don't need any of this stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> I haven't seen it in three months. Like, what? It, even like the products and all the plastic bottles and all of that stuff. Oh. So there's got to be a shift. We can't continue to be bursting at the seams the way no, we are now. No, exactly. I feel the same way. I feel sad for businesses and companies that have had to, you know, close their doors yeah. or figure out how to revamp because of just the shift. But um, it's just kind of amazing that something like this has just altered consumerism yeah. and the way we live in, in such a large way. It's been so yeah. impactful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, like, just less, you know, yeah. less. There's going to be, even in New York, there's going to be less restaurants, yeah. less choices, less, you know, it's just, it's going to change. Yes. It's, it's, and it has, you know. Yes. It has. It's done a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of differences within all of the fields. Yes. But fashion, for sure, because a lot of the fashion is luxury. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Um, but I have seen a lot of our um, clients have come to us and are interested in still manufacturing, which I find amazing. Oh, 100%. So we have a lot of manufacturing yeah. orders right now yeah. um, for bags, which yeah. is fabulous, and I love seeing it. Our quantities are so low, which mm -hmm. is so affordable, approachable. Yeah. Um, I think that is one of the factors that can help um, segue and move people forward in manufacturing is that bring those large quantity numbers down for yeah. manufacturing. If you have lower quantities, I think that helps everyone to digest a little bit better the consumerism yeah. and the products, but also have more of a selection yeah. on the marketplace without everyone sitting on so much inventory. I really feel like this is the time for smaller designers, for independent designers, for designers that only have a few seasons under their belt. All of my designers successfully launched and did production and are still selling, all of them. Oh, fantastic. Um, so I, I feel like it was it's more the message of like, this is my brand and I decided to launch and this is why and this is how I pivoted and I did a smaller production. I'm doing a pop-up sale for a week and whatever gets sold, you know, whatever you buy is what I make. So mm -hmm. there's no waste. There's so many more options for the smaller designer because those larger fashion houses are sitting on all that inventory or have closed their doors altogether. Barney's right. and um, what is it? J. Crew Was mm -hmm. it J. J. Crew? Banana Republic? Mm -hmm. There's so many that are like in, in I think really the gap, big trouble. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and it's Lean time for that. Is independent designer to emerge and I was talking to another designer who what happened to which I thought was great is they went back through all of their past inventory like what fabric do I have on the floor what can I reuse I don't want to you know it's made everyone really more resourceful and yes. that's been really great but yeah all of our designers have been successfully selling and successfully launching and, and just doing it differently that's the thing is like the fashion industry has to do it differently yes this you know large mass production from offshore 
you know, just like stuffing new designs down our faces all the time of like this cheap, fast fashion. Like, I think that people are sick of it. Yes. And I think you're right about that. Like the smaller brands are able to move better because they don't have something weighing them down. It's not like this big anchor that's taking them down the bottom of the ocean, which all with all the overhead and the retail and the stores and that just is what's taking it all down the chute. So if you are small, I see a great opportunity. I mean, whenever there's crisis like this, there's always opportunity. Uh, What's going to happen is, I mean, the supply chain really for raw materials is starting to dwindle. I mean, we're we're experiencing that already, Um, which means that a lot of people are going to have a more difficult time to manufacture. So I think it's important that people are manufacturing now because down the line, there's going to be less product to purchase, which actually means less competition. So it does give your small brand more of a chance in the marketplace. And it's kind of like that Darwinian survival of the fittest right (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely but i think having the the message and having the high quality and having them made in the united states and and focusing where you want to on sustainability um the the staff that's working on your product everything is the story and really leaning into that um but yeah i don't know what else let's see did we have any other points to the the biggest thing I see when someone comes to me and they want to do domestically is to make sure that they're looking at the proper competition because they're like I want to do domestic and I want to do things you know I want to do a small production maybe 50 units 100 units and then they tell me you know something like H&M and right away I'll correct them oh yes Right. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh, I have the same thing, and I have people come to me. They'll show me a bag. Um, they'll want to cost it out and come in at a retail price point that say Michael Kors, and uh, but they'll want to make fifty. So right. that's something I have to sit down with them and talk to them. Are you aligning yourself with the right brand? Do you understand this brand is you know this successful? Do you understand how many units are probably manufacturing a year? Yeah. So once you get all that into perspective, I think that then they start understanding what's going on. Like they're only making fifty. Yeah. They're pretty much all made by hand when you look at it. They're made in you know a country that's a first world country where the labor is being done by your next door neighbor. Yeah. You know, so I think those are important things to look at. Like, how can we bring our country up? How can we bring our community up? And I think that's something you have to pay into and invest in at every level, and especially in consumerism. And this will bring us to the next question we have. Can America be the next manufacturing kingdom? And I don't know if, I don't, I don't know, my opinion would be, I definitely see us becoming more self-reliant. I think that with having so much offshore for so long and with COVID happening, it really opened up everyone's eyes to like, we need to support, you know, having things made domestically and bringing, you know, the work in and bringing the products in. Yeah, so I think that we're definitely going to have to become more self-reliant. So what would you have to say about, 
America being the next manufacturing kingdom. And what's your experience? Like you were here, you've been in the garment district for a long time. So what's your experience of that? And, and where do you see U.S. manufacturing going? Well, I, I think, you know, at one point we were the kingdom of manufacturing in the U.S. Um, and unfortunately, everything kind of slid away from us. I remember starting up my own handbag business back in 2001 and looking for a handbag factory, and so many of them were closed, and I was knocking on doors, and they were saying, oh, you know, we're closing now. Everyone's gone overseas. We think it's over. And I said, oh, no, no, make my bags. It's going to come back. Made in USA is going to come back. And that was actually the premise of why I started the business that I do now. It's because I really believed that making in the USA would one day return. I mean, everything's cyclical. It would have to. And what were you saying you had told me before about how much of the garments were made here in the garment district? I believe it was in the late 60s. We had 96% of the clothing that was um, supplied to the United States was made here in the garment district. Oh, wow. The, the garment district website has some really good stats on that, too. And I think it's hard for us to believe that now. Yeah, I can't imagine. And I think up to this day, it's still like a good like 4 or 5% that's actually made here, which I was surprised at, oh, wow. you know, even with everything that's made abroad. I would think in the 60s, though, people had less clothing. Like, there was less in their closets yes, than I think so. I think so. With fast fashion that kind of pushed out this everyone having more too. And I think things were better made. Yeah. So they lasted a little bit longer too. That and too. nowadays with the way things are dyed or the way they try to stretch out cotton to, you right. know, supply everybody yeah. and they, you know, almost like weave it down. Yeah. Um, it's just that things don't feel like they last as long. Yeah, that's a good point. So we are hopeful that the manufacturing is growing. It has been growing. We definitely have a lot more designers, even bigger names, trying to make things domestically. But if someone wants to work with you, what do they have to prepare for? Uh, all they need are questions. That's all we ask. Just questions. Yes. Just so they don't need to do any of the work, just like call mm-hmm. you up to talk to you. Exactly. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. And um, how do they contact you again? They can contact us through our website, clutchmade.com. And on there, there's a place where you can just schedule a call. You can do that. You can also email us at team at clutchmade.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming. As always, I'm Anna Livermore from Vimora. You can schedule a time to speak with me at Anna, A-N-N-A, at bmora.com. Thanks for listening today, and we hope that we've, you know, shed, shed some light into what it looks like to be producing domestically and what to be prepared for price-wise, and not only for the designers, but the consumers of, like, this is why, this is what it looks like to be made in the U.S., and these are, you know, why the prices look the way they are and, and why you want to invest in our country and in having things made domestically. All right, thank you again, Laura, and thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Sounds good.